It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086-2103-103. Now this Friday is Verbal Dyspraxia Awareness Day and to outline what the condition is and how it affects children and indeed their families, I'm joined by Earthland Evelyn Murphy-Byrne who set up a group called Finding Charlie's Voice and in a couple of minutes I'm also going to be joined by Canturk mum Julie Sweeney whose six-year-old son Connor also suffers from uh, verbal dyspraxia but Evelyn joins me first. Good morning to you Evelyn. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well and and you're very welcome once again on the programme. I suppose can you start by explaining to people what verbal dyspraxia is? Sure, thank you so much again for having us on. Our pleasure. Um, Verbal dyspraxia is um, one particular type of speech sound disorders. It is uh, relatively rare and it's a lifelong neurological disorder which is centred around the difficulty in the motor planning of speech. And simply put, that means by the time the message travels from the brain to all of the organs that are necessary for speech, so like the tongue, the lips and the soft palate, what comes out can often be quite different and in many cases unintelligible. We know that it impacts between one to two children in every thousand worldwide, although we do not know what those figures are like in Ireland, but one can only assume that it's more or less the same. Um, And yes, so it is quite an invisible um, but massively debilitating um, condition for any child or family to live with. Is it very difficult to diagnose? It is. uh, I mean, I think we're getting better. Um, I mean, we have to remember that many speech and language therapists are in general um, trained to be generalists. So they will go to college and they will study everything from paediatric to geriatric. And speech sound disorders is just one small portion of that very complicated area and actually very fascinating area of speech and language therapy. Um, And so to diagnose verbal dyspraxia has to occur actively in therapy. So a child has to be attending therapy with a speech and language therapist. They need to have a certain degree of language so that a speech and language therapist can assess those errors in the speech Um, It's a dynamic assessment, so therefore all of the other type of speech sound disorders needs to be ruled out before it is 
diagnosed. And unfortunately, the experience within um, Ireland of um, verbal dyspraxia is not where it could or should be, although that is changing. Um, and there are many, many speech and language therapists in Ireland who are very experienced in the arena of verbal dyspraxia. But many speech and language therapists will go through their entire career having never come across a child with verbal dyspraxia either. So I think yeah. we have to be a little bit patient yeah. and kind when we're dealing with speech and language therapists as well. But, you know, um, we're hoping that the IFRT are going to change that and University of Limerick under Dr. Aileen Wright um, will be publishing some um, first research actually ever in Ireland on verbal dyspraxia and hoping that we'll have some training programmes in place um, in the next coming weeks actually for CPD for those on verbal dyspraxia as well. When I was reading up about it yesterday, uh, Evelyn, in, in advance of uh, you and Julie joining me, the one thing that went to my mind was we know there are waiting lists for assessment yes. of needs. Yes. And then even if somebody gets a diagnosis, a child gets mm-hmm. a diagnosis, there's waiting lists then to assess therapies. I mean, th- th- that must be having a devastating effect on the child. Absolutely. And I mean, for any child, no matter what their disability is or what disability that they're living with, um, early intervention we know works and early intervention is critical. And it is particularly critical for children who are presenting with early speech and language communication needs. And in particular in the area of verbal dyspraxia, this is not something that can correct itself on its own. So it needs the support of a speech and language therapist. It needs high dosage of speech and language therapy and it needs to be intensive. So in order for a child to learn how to speak, because effectively this is what we're dealing with, we're dealing with children who have not acquired speech. They do not know what to do with their mouth and their tongue. They do not know what shapes to, to make or to form to be able to um, to generate intelligible speak. And you and I speak, of course, without even thinking about it, um, which brings you back to the whole um, conversation that your parents may have said to you, you know, when you were younger, think before you speak. So children with verbal dyspraxia do actually have to think before they speak. They have to plan those movements because they're not normal. So not providing that early intervention provides a detrimental, it is a detrimental impact on the children and they simply do not get the dosage. And Judy will tell you her story with Connor. We have the same situation with our son, Charlie, He's received um, five speech and language therapy sessions, direct speech and language therapy sessions from the HSC since referral in 2015. So that's six years he's received five speech and language therapy sessions. Just not enough. Child. And then no. you, you set up Finding Charlie's Voice yes. in 2019. Just to remind us why you did that. Yeah. So, I mean, initially, I mean, I had set up um, a parent support group on, on Facebook and it was a private parent support group to try and connect with other parents because I hadn't met actually another parent whose child had verbal dyspraxia, let alone even heard of it before, you know, we, we got the diagnosis ourselves. And I wanted to connect with other parents and find out how their children were going or how what they were doing. And then we wanted to sort of publicly advocate our story and, and try and make some sort of a difference. So... We officially launched, I guess, Finding Charlie's Voice, you know, as, as a limited company um, to support children with speech and language communication needs. Yes, we have um, a primary focus on verbal dyspraxia, but this is for any child or family that has a child with um, any type of speech and language communication need. Um, I have met with Minister um, Madigan. I've met with Minister Rabbit to advocate for speech and language communication needs within education, within disability. Uh, and we will continue to do that. Um, Finding Charlie's Voice will continue to do that to try and speak for those 
that have yet to find their own voice. Well done, well done. And a, a simple thing. Tell me about these communication boards yes. that oh, you're distributing to primary schools. Yeah, this has been um, absolutely amazing. I mean, I guess some people would blame COVID for, for a lot of negativity. I think COVID allowed us to pivot a little bit. We had plans in 2020 that were put on hold because of COVID. And as a result, then um, we moved to developing these communication boards. And communication boards are effectively um, a form of pictures that are on a board that allow children to be able to point to them if they are having trouble finding their voice. And this is not just for the autistic community or for those that have speech and language communication needs. It's for any child that may struggle at a point in time to be able to have their needs and wishes met. And so these communication boards, um, I mean, get from concept to copyright to completion. It took nine months. You know, this all started last June when I saw um, a board in for the, in real life, I guess, in Meehy's Farm down in Cork. I mean, of course, I knew what communication boards were and, and I set about then trying to get these communication boards rolled out. And to date, I mean, we have now rolled out nearly 165 boards, reaching 30,000 children. We have them in something like 19 out of the 26 counties in Ireland. Fantastic. Um, so it really has been amazing. And what has been fantastic is that what we have noticed that early on when we were re- re- uh, rolling out these boards, um, certainly the first tranche when we um, delivered 86 boards fully donated to schools based on from a fundraiser that we had done, that 89% of those boards were going out to primary school settings. And then when number two sort of uh, tranche of boards went out, so it was about 40 or 50 boards went out in the second tranche, that number sort of was 60% primary and 37% went to the early years. And again, now we see with, with um, number three sort of rollout of these boards, it's 58% primary and 25% early years. So we really see the early years educators coming on board as well and recognising that need to support children in early years in their early communication development and to ensure that every child has a voice and also to use it as a massive opportunity to, I guess, inform and educate other children that do not have any trouble with communication and what the privilege is to be able to have a voice and the yeah, privilege yeah. of being able so to good, speak. That's a great point. And you've got evidence that these boards, they're, they're a simple concept, but they work. They work. And you know what? The feedback that we've been getting has been phenomenal. Feedback from principals saying that they are recognising um, communication in children that had never communicated, that had never attempted to communicate, that are using these boards to indicate that they want to play with another child. One principal told me that a child had not played with a single other person in the school since last September. And when the board was installed, went over and pointed to the symbols, me, play, hide and seek, and <laughs> pointed to another child. And the other child went, yeah, of course. Now, this child had English as an additional language. So it wasn't a child that was autistic or couldn't speak. It was a child that actually couldn't find their voice. These boards have been used by children who were a bit cross with somebody in, in the yard but didn't want to tell on them. So they went over and pointed at a symbol to say that they were angry and that somebody had pushed them. And, of course, that allowed for a conversation to be had about managing, you know, your feelings and about, you know, trying to sort of work out any, you know, any sort of disagreements that might be in the yard. Um, but also it is just giving opportunity. And, you know, we talk about the Epson Act and about equal opportunity to education and equal opportunity to healthcare. But, you know, and of course we know, that is not the reality on the ground. No. That those who are living with a disability are limited in their opportunity and we still 
don't have the same opportunity for children with any type of disability in Ireland, the same as another child that, that is not living with a disability. OK, stay there and let me bring in uh, Judy Sweeney uh, from uh, Canturk. Good morning to you, Julie. Good morning. Now, now, the communication boards that Evelyn is speaking about, your little son, Connor goes to Skullgubnaton in Mallow and he's got access to one of these boards. Yes, they would have received two boards actually um, as part of Evelyn's donation um, initially in, in the first tranche of boards that went out. Um, and again, it's just, Patricia, it's all about inclusion. Um, you know, speech and language communication needs can be a hidden disability um, for so many children. And to be able to, as Evelyn said there, access your voice, you know, for any child, um, is is huge. Um, Connor has probably actually moved beyond communication boards now at this stage, but I do recognise the value of them. Um, and as Evelyn kind of alluded to there, the value in early years education is, you know, crucial here. It's it's, it's really really important asset to any early early educator. I would believe to have a communication board on site. Um, but it's it's not, you know. It just it opens the conversation for children, Patricia. Yeah, that's a, that's um, exactly what it does. Now, I was reading your piece that you did with our own uh, Martino O'Donoghue in the uh, in the Echo um, about um, verbal dyspraxia and about uh, Connor in particular. You're in. Um, I, I got frustrated reading it in the situation that Connor finds himself in. He's in a special class or getting yes. special speech and language, but he can only be in that class for two years. Yes. So the NCSE um, oversee all the, the special classes um, in, in various schools and special schools around the country. And people might be familiar with ASD classes, um, so they're less familiar with language classes. So they are some language classes, not enough of them, around the country. And we're very lucky and extremely grateful to have one on our doorstep, um, pretty much in, in Mallow. So... A child who has um, speech and language communication deficits or needs can apply for, for a language class. It's usually on the recommendation of their, their speech language therapist. Um, and you have to go through um, you know various assessments and be deemed eligible for the language class. So Connor was in that position, thankfully, a couple of years ago. And we got access to the language class. And... You do your normal, in, in our case, it's a normal junior infant program, the same as every other, um, you know, child starting school and junior infants. Connor did the same program, both with the support of a speech and language therapist who is assigned to the language class and comes in three times a week and will assist the children in the language class. There, there are seven children per class and they can get individual therapy, they can get group therapy. The, the speech language therapist will leave the teacher very heavily as well. So everything that's done in class supports speech language work that's been done that week. You know, even the poems and the rhymes they would learn in primary school and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really, really intensive, supportive environment. And it's absolutely wonderful. You know, the progress children make in language class is phenomenal. Um, and Connor would have started that language class at age five into junior infants even say his name to introduce himself to, to, to teacher. That's how severe his speech language communication needs were. Um, and he's now at the point of, of being able to communicate his primary needs. He can, you know, tell us about his day. He can join in a conversation, Patricia, you know. Which he um, wasn't able to do without that help. But because of the pandemic, he would have been out of school for a large yeah. chunk of last year and this year. Yes. 
So because the speech language therapist is HSE employed, unfortunately with COVID hit last year, that HSE therapist was you know, I mean, the health service was in crisis, so they were redeployed into COVID-related duties. Yeah. So actually, school was operational, you know, from, from a remote learning point of view, and we were getting work from school. Now, the, the speech-language therapist did go above and beyond and, and went out of her way to give us some assistance, as much as what she could do, but I presume that was off, you know, in her own time, um, would have sent a few emails and, and checked in with Connor, but... Essentially, the service was withdrawn from the school because she was redeployed. Um, now, we we fought against it this year and when, again, schools remained closed after Christmas for in-person learning. Now, schools, you know, we were, we were all remote learning at home and, and remote teaching. Um, so this time, what was different was the, the SLT therapist was retained by the, by the school right. and was able to do online you know, the, the the online Zoom calls with the children and, Did and, that work? and offer therapy. To a certain extent, yes. It was better than nothing. Um, it depends on the individual children. Some children thrive and they can work really well with online therapy and other children can't. Connor was a little bit, little bit of both. Um, you know, some days he did really well and other days... It's, it's, it's a bit hit and miss. It's a bit hit and miss. Yeah, well, when he finishes, when he finishes in June, is, is he finished with that additional language classes? Yeah. So what happens now in June is Connor basically maxes out his placement. So according to the circular that governs language classes, a child is offered a place for one year. It can be reviewed at the end of that year. They may be offered a second year. So in our case, that's what happened. But it is capped then at two years. So at the end of two years, no matter what your needs are, and Connor's needs are quite severe, and I've been told Yes, of course, he would benefit from staying on. But however, the circular is a cap of two years. So he will exit um, language class and transition back to mainstream, to our local primary school, and will go from a class of seven with really intensive support into a class of 29. And hopefully we will have an SNA to support him. Not guaranteed yet. The application is being worked on. Um, but as it currently stands, he's entering into a class of 20, 29, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, and I, I have no doubt about the school are going to do great work and support him as best they can. But it is with that caveat, as best they can. He won't have the support that he he. He's been getting for the last um, mm. two years. Does, do, and I put this to both of you, do, do your boys get frustrated when they're trying to communicate their needs? Evelyn? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely see that with Charlie. I mean, I guess less so as his language has come along. Um, we're in a little slightly different situation to Julie um, in that Charlie is not in a language unit and does not have access to the language unit at the minute. Um, and so he sits in a mainstream classroom with 24 other children with a lot to say and no means to say it. So we have not had that that same sort of level of support of being able to access a language unit. But um, Charlie is now seven. I think he's about six months older than, than Connor. We've certainly seen the frustration has gone down a little bit as the language has come up. But, I mean, every single day is, is a game of charades or Pictionary. And, and that is the, the truth. And at some point, that must be extremely difficult. And it is impossible for any of us to really understand what that might feel like unless one day we decided to put a big piece of sticky paper across our own mouths and decided to try and communicate using mm. gestures or facial expressions. 
Um, and unless you do that, there is absolutely no way that we can understand what it must feel like to have a very large and 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 almost, um, I suppose, um, excessive bank of of language in his head. And and we don't have any challenges, thankfully, or not thankfully, but we just don't have any challenges with an intellectual disability with Charlie on top of having to deal with this. So he understands everything, um, but just cannot get the words out. So what we're seeing now is less frustration. But what we do see is the shrugging of the shoulders and almost, now he can't say it doesn't matter, but it's almost like that defeatist sort of response. And that's even worse. Oh my God, that that is heartbreaking. Yeah, what you get is you're not listening. You're not listening. And I'm like, I am listening, but I I, I just don't don't understand. understand. I don't understand you, so show me. Um, But then we get into, is it a place? Is it a picture? Is it a person? Is it food? You know, and imagine if that was you, Trisha, every day. People Just trying to have a basic conversation, basic conversation. Or if you, they're looking for something. They're and for and something Julie, else. with with Connor, how how does he get on? Does he get frustrated? Uh, no, Connor's works really hard to communicate. Patricia, Just so he, bless you his know, heart. for somebody with no voice, he is a great communicator, and yeah. obviously the voice is coming now. But yes, it is hard for him, and he has to work incredibly hard. You know, to to just try to get those words that he does have out and it takes an awful lot of concentration and effort. He's exhausted at the end of a school day. Um, you know, so it just requires so much focus and so much attention and I suppose my concern is he's leaving that very supportive environment where he hasn't had to be frustrated because he is so supportive and when he transitions out, I mean his language deficits are not resolved at this time. He will continue to need speech and language support and when he transfers from his supportive environment now in language class he will transfer back into the HSE system so he's in a little bubble at the moment and when he transfers out of that and and will go back into the system um I I genuinely don't know what I'm facing into. He's moving into a new team, this new Children's National Disability Network team. Um, You know, it's the, the information coming to parents is quite sparse, I'll be honest about it. Um, I, I know where he's going. I haven't had any formal communication from them. Well, he'll um, come on to the remission of St. Joseph's, will he in charge He will, yeah. he will. So that's where it's going to operate out of. But, I, I ha- you know, as at this moment in time, I don't know what access to services he will have. My concern is, um, Patricia, I know a child who left language class in 2019. Now, 2019, June 2019, there was no such thing as COVID. It wasn't in our vocabulary. And that child left language class in 2019 with the recommendation of further speech and language therapy and, and, and requires further support and ongoing support. And to date, that child hasn't gotten any SLT support. Yeah, that's what and I was that saying. Was that's what I was, yeah, that's, and that's the waiting yeah, that's list is so concern. incredible. It's incredible. Um, the waiting lists are, are exorbitantly high. He's leaving um, an, a very intensive, supportive environment. You know, Evelyn used this, the, the analogy earlier on about kind of like the GP and the hospitals, and, and it's such a narrow, focused area. And I would put it like that. Connor's currently in, in a bubble. He's in, on life support, if you want, for SLT. He's receiving very intensive support. And in June, he's effectively going to get his, you know, out the door, Go home, look after yourself. It's just not good enough. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's just we, not good enough. It, it really isn't. Um, and Evelyn, you, it's, as I mentioned at the outset, it's a, wor- it's a verbal dyspraxia day uh, this Friday. Uh, how are you hoping to mark it? Well, um, Julie has been doing amazing work in Cork and she, um, being the warrior mum that she is, <laughs> and um, I, I do have to say this, I'm so blessed. I think Julie and I would both say that we feel very privileged to be in this community of parents um, and advocates for speech and language communication needs. But Julie has been doing Trojan work in terms of getting us our Light Up for Blue campaign off the ground um, for Friday. Okay, let's, let's, let's revert to Julie. Who, where, who, <laughs> where's, who's going to be lit up on Friday, Julie? Uh, well, we have to, to confirm so far, and they're still rolling in, I'm glad to, to say. So uh, Black Rock Castle in Cork is lighting up in blue. The Quad in UCC is lighting up in blue. Dublin Castle, um, we have three confirmed in Monaghan. We have Tralee confirmed. Killarney confirmed the county hall there is lighting up um, just before I came on the phone to you I had an email from the Rock of Cashel in Tipperary they're confirmed as lighting up in blue so we are hitting you know various countries in the country and this is all about creating awareness Patricia um, you mentioned there the article that was in the Echo yesterday and my phone was hopping last night and I had people contacting me you know um through social media and so forth where, where the story was, was the article was being shared and just to drive home this is not about you know fighting for, for Connor this is fighting for awareness for every child with speech and language communication needs I had two mums um, contact me last night and um, one of them actually quite local to me that wasn't aware of she's her child has now received a, a diagnosis as well and she has, you know, what she said to me last night when she reached out to me was she just felt so alone on the journey. She didn't know where to get information from. Um, she found, she was she was just on her own. She yeah. had no support network. Um, very sporadic SLT intervention and especially as well as with COVID, it's, it's you know, probably been a harder journey than, than I would have gone through with Connor back in the earlier years. Um, so really, really incredibly lonely journey and this is what the Awareness Day is all about just trying to reach out. Know, reach out to families. They're not on their own and it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. Verbal dyspraxia is the Awareness Day on Friday but, you know, 
whatever the speech and language communication need, there is a growing community of support um, online, especially Finding Charlie's Voice is doing huge work in that. And I would encourage any family, any parent who's out there and who's worried or who's on that journey and they feel a little bit alone at the moment to reach out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, you're both fantastic uh, women and your your boys are lucky to have you as mams, I'll, t- I'll tell you that. And I'm assuming when COVID isn't around, have you guys met up? Because, um, Evelyn, no. you're, you're in Lucan and Julie, you're in Cantor. Yeah. Have you actually physically met? No, no, we haven't. Oh! And this is this. We cannot wait for for that moment, actually. And we're we are like kindred spirits. I'm yeah. recently a Cork woman, as you know. So, um, but as Judy said, this Friday, you know, we've come together for this. Um, Julie is one of the directors of Finding Charlie's Voice, so like, um, you know, she's come on board to help us. Like, we cannot do this by ourselves. This is um, a group of us coming together. So May the fourteenth, please wear blue. Tag us in Finding Charlie's Voice. If you are a business. If you are a school, get in touch. These boards are really um, affordable, um, Patricia. They are only €55 asking for a cost of the donation, just a donation to cover the cost. It's only €55. We have donated loads of these, but we don't have a bottomless pit. Um, So if anybody wants to get in touch, findingcharliesvoice at gmail.com. We really need your continued support. We need everybody to ensure that every child is given a voice and given an equitable access to education. Um, so we really thank you for your support. Um, wear blue. We hope you'll be wearing blue. Will indeed. And, Will indeed. And tag us on Finding Charlie's Voice. Yeah, communi- communication shouldn't be a gift. It, no. it, it, it should be a right. The bare minimum, it's a right. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, you're fantastic women. Keep, keep fighting the good fight. And thanks a million for joining us on the programme. Thank you so much. Good morning to you. Bye. Uh, Evelyn Murphy-Byrne and uh, Judy Sweeney, both mums of little boys suffering with uh, verbal dyspraxia. Uh, Think of all of those kids uh, this Friday, which is Verbal Dyspraxia Awareness Day. Uh, Somebody reacting to the interview that I did with uh, Julie and Evelyn talking about their two boys and verbal dyspraxia that I take it many people. I certainly hadn't heard of verbal dyspraxia until last year when they had an awareness day and I started looking into it and it's uh, for the children that are diagnosed with it, it's just devastating to want to be able to speak and to not be able to communicate is just shocking. It's just, it's shocking. And, and I know, I mean, I experience it, don't I, in our own household uh, with my, with Marcia being deaf blind. And over the years, I've often been asked if there's one thing I could, you know, would you give her back her sight? Or would you give, you could wave a magic wand? Would you give her back her hearing? You know, which disability would you remove from her? And I straight away always give the same answer, her ability to communicate. I would just, if I had a wish in the morning, it would be that she was either able to speak or in some way, uh, communicate through some you know really positive sign that we could all understand it's one of the most and actually when Evelyn was talking about uh, Charlie her little boy giving up it's one of the things I find most heartbreaking because Marsh is great at trying to communicate and we use objects of reference and we've limited uh, sign but obviously she can't see you signing back so it's, it, it does become uh, problematic but uh, I watch her sometimes when she's really trying to communicate and she's fantastic at communicating and trying to get the message through to me but sometimes I just can't work out what she's trying to tell me or what she's looking for or what she needs and then to watch her give up it's probably the most heartbreaking thing as a parent because you just look and you think is she one day just going to completely stop and just go what's the point you're never going to understand but she's a determined little soul and she'll keep going which is which is great but uh, so I have I have uh, 
and while I don't have an understanding, I don't know a lot about verbal dys- dyspraxia until I f- first heard about it last year. I have huge, huge sympathies for children that get diagnosed with it and for their families. And one of the mums has contacted us says, my boy Michael has a severe expressive verbal impairment and Evelyn and Julie who you spoke with on the programme and others who are on a support page have been my support network around what Michael needs and how to assess it. Michael has great support from our local SLT speech and language therapist but that's finished now thankfully he will secure a place in a language class in Mallow what Julie was talking about where her son is Julie and Evelyn says this text are amazing women amazing advocates I'd be lost without them well done that's a lovely text thank you for that keep fighting the fight on behalf of your son Here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed powered heroes use skincare level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.